Can I get y'all anything else? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. I hope you saved room for dessert. I'm almost full. Almost. Who doesn't love dessert? You have earned this. Breakfast. Homemade pecan pie. I love Whatever it. happened to angel food cake? Any type of rhubarb pie. Rhubarb strawberry. Rhubarb peach. That's sour and sweet together. It's hard to beat. Who saved room for dessert? It's dessert breakfast. I'll get that right to you. Well, one other thing that you have going on is that you work as a QA development tester in video games. And I find that fascinating. How'd you get into that? What can you talk about? You know, whatever you can talk about, let's talk about. Oh, I mean, I could, yeah, I could talk about what you could talk about. It's much like many of these VO actors. There's always so much they can talk about. So I could talk about some of the stuff I've done, which is fantastic. So, you know, I, I worked in the games industry. I worked for a company called Games Workshop and they are the Warhammer people for those of you at home. And I managed a store uh, in beautiful Thousand Oaks, California from 1999 to what? Uh, 1999. Yeah, that'd be amazing. 2009 to 2017, I want to say. And then, you know, I got fired. Things happen. You know, it's retail. It's a tough industry. But I enjoyed working in games. And games have always been a central part of my life outside of, you know, acting and wrestling and all the other fun stuff I've done. It's always come back to gaming for me. And that's tabletop games, miniatures games, card games, video games. I just have always wanted to, if I was going to quote unquote sell out, and have a quote-unquote sellout job. I always wanted it to be in the video game, or gaming, I should say, industry. So once Games Workshop fizzled out, and I couldn't really take that skill set too many other places, because uh, being a guy who runs a miniature store is sort of a niche profession, and it's not like there's 10 other companies with major market miniature stores out there that I could just ply my trade at. You know, it's not like if you get fired at Walmart, you can go to Target, you know, and then you can go to, and you can go to a different Best Buy, you know. I'm sure all of that kind of translates the same way. This doesn't necessarily, but I could teach you how to paint miniatures. That's a very exciting upshot of all of this. I just imagine some. I, did a lot. I imagine some uh, startup mini miniature figs company saying like, "Hey, we got this guy Ray's uh, resume. Does he have mini experience? He does. Oh, all oh, right, boy. get him in." Get him in. (laughs) Book him now. Yeah, well, I didn't want to leave the world of gaming. And so I have some friends, uh, uh, Christina Adelmeyer. I don't know. She's probably not been on the show, but maybe she'd be an excellent get, uh, who did a lot of mocap work in video games for a long, long time now. She's excellent at it. Uh, working on Guitar Hero and Call of Duty. And she said, Ray, you you should try to join the video game industry. Like, it's a cool industry. You love gaming. I could... You know, I I can't necessarily help get you in the door, but you should just try to find a way. And so sure enough, I I decided when I was looking for a job, I ended up getting hired at a company called Square Enix, uh, which makes the Final Fantasy video games. And because they weren't looking for QA right away, they weren't looking for development people, but they were looking for uh, phone people for their Final Fantasy 14 game which is an online MMO role-playing game, and they needed customer service representatives. And I said, look, if it gets me in the door at the video game company, what the heck? I am overqualified for the job of I can work through your your credit card issue with your billing (laughs) over the phone. So I, I applied there. I got hired on there for next to nothing. And sure enough, I asked them right away, and they were like, yes, if an opportunity in our QA department and our uh localization testing comes available, you can get an opportunity to apply for it. And that's all I wanted. And so it did. I did. And so after X number of months working for the company in a customer service role, I was able to get in, slide in. I passed the English test required. <laughs> Who knew? To, to Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And apparently, like, I think a guy told me like 80% of people who take that test don't pass it which is wild to me, but they need people who are sharp on their English skills. And thankfully that is something I have. 
from doing all the writing and what have you. So I was able to get in over there and I worked for a bunch of different games. I worked on a game called Octopath Traveler as a QA. If you beat that game, you could see my name in the credits, kids at home. Now you have to go and grind through it. Uh, and then I took the, what I learned there and I worked a handful of games. So Final Fantasy X, the remaster for Xbox. I worked on that and a couple of mobile games. And so I used what I learned there and I was able to take that to a company called Infinity Ward and they make a game called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. A very, very major game. One of the best-selling games of all time that came out uh, last year, 2019. From Infinity Ward, after Modern Warfare came out, I moved over to a company called Respawn, and I work on a game called Apex Legends. And Apex Legends is just an amazing, amazing game. It's free to play, so if you want to play it right now, basically on whatever device you have, your Xbox, your PC, your PlayStations of the world, you can play it. You can play it on Steam. Uh, and it, it's it's one of these Battle Royale-style games, but it's character-driven. So it's really a lot about the characters involved, and they have different abilities. It's about personality, though. The thing that really attracted me to this game is the storytelling and the personality. Because you think of some of these Battle Royale games, the, the PUBGs, the Fortnites of the world, you there's really so much story you can tell there. But the people at Apex Legends really wanted to put forth a game that had really interesting characters that are always working together and working against each other at various times. And each one had their own specific story to tell. And they've really branched out the storylines in amazing and fantastic ways, even in just the year that I've been there. And I look forward to what's coming in the year 2021 and beyond, but I can't really talk about that very much. Now, can I? <laughs> well, cool, man. That's uh, always interesting to learn about uh, different, you know, types of entertainment that I don't work in, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's good to be able to ask you these, these questions. Right. We didn't talk about this, but you were, you know, you started out as a person that was a, th a musical theater major. That is uh, correct. In uh, the state where you grew up in, Ohio. That is not uh, even, how dare you, Brent Pope. I am from the state of Michigan. I'm from the oh, Detroit area. Oh, okay. I did go okay. to college down in Ohio for four years. So when I bag on people from Ohio, when I bag on the Ohio State Buckeyes, when I have negative things to say about the, the, the wonderful state of Ohio, uh, just know it's, it comes from lots of experience. Right. So as you were saying, your formative years were in Ohio as a, a musical theater <laughs> major. How dare you? <laughs> no, but you did go to Northern Ohio. I never actually heard you of never Northern say it right. Ohio. You never say it right. It's Ohio Northern University, home of oh, the see? Fighting Polar Bears. Were they really called the Polar Bears? That is correct. It was very cold there. It was very, very It was colder there than in most of the rest of Ohio. I find it weird when places named their mascot something that doesn't exist. They're an animal that doesn't exist in that area. I don't know. Because there aren't polar bears in Michigan or, or Ohio. Michigan or Ohio, right? I mean, there might be a zoo where there's a polar bear. It could count. That's true. That's true. I guess that counts. The like, Toledo should... Zoo is a very popular attraction. Yeah, I think they should name it then after the exact bear at the zoo. Because there's probably one, <laughs> one polar Just Marvin the bear. <laughs> yeah. The, the Ohio Northern Marvin the bears. I honestly would have preferred that, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> well, how do you go from being a musical theater major to being someone that's like a host and uh, pro wrestling and stuff like that? What, what was that transition like? That's Not as big a leap as you would think, Brent Pope. I mean, I've always I've been a fan of wrestling uh, since I was a little kid, you know, watching it on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, whenever the shows were on, Monday Night Raw, the whole deal. And I was, I never imagined myself actually doing it. I always imagined myself being a musical theater guy. I used to be able to sing a lot better than I can now. It turns out getting kicked in the throat sure, a bunch of times. Sure, Ray. 
I sure. used to be able to sing better. I'm not saying I was great then. I was better then, and I think that's just perfectly fine. But getting kicked in the throat a bunch of times uh, in the middle of the ring uh, hurts your vocal cords, and it makes you uh, shout a lot, <laughs> and and it, it changes it changes a man. It just changes a man. But it's all performing, Brent. That's the thing. I've done all kinds of different performing. It, it's not just labeled to to theater. And obviously, we, we we've done some like short films together. And, uh, you know, we've, 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 me and you have appeared on television together. I don't know if we could tell that story really, really quick. Oh, that's true. Well, we've talked about it a lot on the show. When, when I talked about my appearance on Kitchen Nightmares, I was, yeah, that's interesting. So for the, you know, for the people that know both of us, like the Who Would Win fans, uh, you go back and find this episode of Kitchen Nightmares with Ray and I and Melissa and Tressa, both of our spouses, all on Kitchen Nightmares, hearing Gordon Ramsay yell. That was amazing. Uh, that is the Capri episode, if you were interested in checking it out. And yes, we, we all appear on camera at various points uh, in that episode. So we have been on television together. But to make the leap into wrestling, it was, you know, it all came about. I was walking through the Livonia Mall of all places. I don't even know if it's still around anymore, but it's the Livonia Mall in Livonia, Michigan, uh, my hometown. Home of, Jod- the- Ju- home of Judy Greer also. Uh, I went Livonia. to high school with Judy Greer. She actually, wow. uh, we were in the same acting program together in high school, if you can believe that. So basically, she has no idea who I am. But the point is, <laughs> not now at least, my goodness. But she's fantastic. Also one of my favorite performers of all time. Judy, uh, say hi. I just, yeah, I'm a big she's fan. great. <laughs> I mean, you're like, you're like one of the best. If I see your name on screen, I already know I'm going to enjoy what I'm going to see. Yep. Regardless. Yep. Like she's fantastic. But uh, uh, I was walking through Livonia Mall and there was a really cheaply made flyer for Thunder Zone Wrestling. And it was just like, it was badly photocopied. It looked like, you know, like a photocopy of a photocopy. You do it like 10 times and it's all, it's barely recognizable anymore. That's what these flyers look like. It's for some reason that hit me as being magical. I was already a fan of wrestling. And so I decided to go show up at the show and the show was in a, a hollowed out CVS pharmacy that didn't exist there anymore. They had to remove the ceiling tiles to allow for any kind of acrobatic stuff in the ring so nobody would hit their heads on it. They didn't have power in the building, and they used the swinging pharmacy door and a battery-operated boombox for the entrances and entrance music. And they had to put the ring real close to the big window in the front because it was going to eventually be dark, and they didn't have power, so they didn't have lights. And I went to this show for like 10 bucks or whatever it was, and there was maybe 20 people in the crowd, maybe, maybe like 18. And I've never enjoyed a wrestling show more in my life than seeing it. And upon leaving, I saw when I went with a handful of friends and I saw there was a sign in the window that said, if you ask us about our wrestling school. And I'm just like, yo, maybe I want to do that. Maybe that's something I'm interested in. Oh my God, that seems actually like feasible at this moment. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I walk out the door of that event of that CBS pharmacy. And uh, uh, Tom Pierce, a.k.a. Melvin Hertz, my future tag team partner, stops me in the parking lot. He says, I saw you looking at that sign. I'm like, yeah. He's like, if you'll do it, I'll do it. And I say, oh, my God. Yeah. And we went back inside. We met everybody. We met the head trainer. And we signed up that day for the wrestling school. And and here I am today. (laughs) So much better for that experience. Because at the time I was work, I was uh, not working necessarily. I was taking classes and I was doing shows at Second City, Detroit, uh, and I showed up there about a year after Key and Peel had just left there. I believe to go to Chicago on their route to Los Angeles, on their route to Academy Awards and massive stardom. And so Second City, Detroit was a re- pretty legitimate thing. So I was I was thinking it's all going to be sketch comedy for me. It's going to be comedy writing, comedy performing, uh, X, Y, and Z. And then this wrestling thing just sort of hit, and I said I think I want to go and do that. And so I sort of put sketch comedy on hold for a while so I could pursue wrestling for a few years 
uh, before eventually moving here out to LA, quitting wrestling and coming back into sketch comedy again. Wow. Ray, it's the holidays. You said you were going to bring in a holiday poem. I'm very excited to hear this. Let's hear this holiday poem. Well, it's not a holiday poem at all, Brent. Thank a you for setting me up poem from Ray. incorrectly on purpose because I know you. <laughs> uh, look, back in the day, I was a slam poet. I did uh, poetry slams uh, all over Ann Arbor, and we we toured, and we did a bunch of stuff with that group. And there were met some wonderful people through that, and they're very, very talented, and I was also part of that group. And I wrote a bunch of poems, and I would like to perform one that I haven't performed in a long time. Uh, this was written in the early 2000s, and it's called Big Fat Cat. <clears throat> I got a big fat cat. I got a big fat cat at home. I got a 20 pound cat. I got a 20 pound cat at home. He could fly to the moon. He could conquer this world we call home, but instead he just sits around and shits outside of his litter box. I got a big fat cat. I got a big fat cat at home. I got a 20 pound cat. I got a 20 pound cat at home. People ask me, little man, why do you have a big fat cat at home? And I would always reply, because in this heat, if I kept him in my car, I would be arrested by the United States of hypocrisy. And their retort, no, heroic icon of mine. Why do you have a big fat cat at all? And I say, well, I plan on fattening him up and then making an omelet with him as the main ingredient. Int, 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 interesting. I got a big fat cat. I got a big fat cat at home. I got a 20 pound cat. I got a 20 pound cat at home. I feed him 17 times a day. I feed him 17 times a day. Now I don't feed my drug habit 17 times a day. I don't feed my drinking habit 17 times a day. I don't feed my sex habit 17 times ever. Dang. And my drug habit never woke me up at 6.30 a.m. by licking my face with a toilet water tongue for the sole purpose of being gratified. I got a 20-pound cat. I got a big fat cat at home. I got a 20-pound cat. I got a 20-pound cat at home. And at the end of the hellish roller coaster that I call the day, he crawls up beside me as I attempt to visit slumberland. And he looks up at me with his big, beautiful green eyes. He looks over to sift to say, hey, buddy. You've done enough today. Go ahead and sleep. I'll watch over you. So I stroke his head gently and thank him for all the love. At least I would have, but he cut me off by tearing away a chunk of my face with his big effing claws. I hate that big fat cat of mine. A holiday poem from Ray's to Canis. Thank you, Ray. I haven't performed that in well over a decade, so uh, you're all welcome. (laughs) 